0: Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run.
1: Running was an outlet for me
0: to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise.
1: Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. Well,
2: Shakira was right.
1: don't lie, and without a strong mobile pair of them, runners will quickly learn that their new truth is hours and hours of rehab for back, knee, ankle, and shin injuries. Like myself, here to help me take a closer look is my coach and yours, world and European champion, the legend herself, Sonia O'Sullivan. Well, Sonia, a bit a bit like Matt LeBlanc's resemblance to an Irish uncle, most of us have overlooked. The, the hips, preferring to focus on the more glamorous elements of the injury prevention friends cast, like the foot strength or the heel strike. I guess they're the Jennifer Aniston of the group. But the hip is so, it's right, just like Matt <laughs> and, the, and the resemblance to the <laughs> uncle. It's right there in front of you. Why are so many people kind of oblivious to um, thinking about, oh, this, this could be, this is a crucial part of my running?
0: I think we all like to you know we like to think about where we're going to run and what we're going to run and how fast we're going to run and you do forget all the little pieces that connect us all up together and and the hips we're moving up the body here now <laughs> we've gone from the foot <laughs> to the knee we're really moving up and um, realizing how connected we are and how in running you you can't get away with anything you you can't disguise any of the i suppose the the building blocks that are there, the core things that keep us together and that in order to move forward faster, we need to make sure that they're actually pretty stable and pretty strong and what would you call it, like flexible and able to move easily. So, yeah, it's, it's an area that even if you go and look up about the hips and running, there's not really a whole lot out there. I don't think people talk about it too much. Um, until they get into real trouble and it just kind of stops them in their tracks, you know. And, you know, I mean, the worst case scenario, people, you know, they get hip replacement and things like that and then they may not even be able to run again. You're forced onto the bike. So, you know, I think the more you realize, you know, how vulnerable different parts of your body are, like some parts of your body really, like, take a lot of the weight Mm. and they carry a lot of your weight. Um, the more we can kind of balance that out and kind of help, help those areas out a bit more, the better we can be and the longer we can run for. Like, we have a great physio here with the group, and every now and then I kind of fall into the trap of saying, yeah, but when you're older, you <laughs> go, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not an excuse. That's not a reason. Like, we all have a responsibility to kind of, look after our bodies and if that means pulling back a little bit on the running and focusing more on the strength and the conditioning of the important moving like the the pieces of the body that move and allow you to move forward like the hips they're the connectors of you know your glutes so your core strength so we need that and then you also need like the the glutes and the hamstrings and the quads and you know it just goes down the chain
1: mm-hmm. and if
0: one thing is off like if one you know you often will hear somebody say oh you have one one leg a bit longer than the other you know when they lie on the table and they pull your legs out yeah <laughs> and but it's they're not that's probably not like physically correct because we don't have one longer than the other generally it's just that the way you're carrying yourself
1: makes it look like you have one leg longer than the other. So even if you do have one leg slightly longer than the other, no human being is symmetrical. Like one of my ears is slightly higher than the other. And they tell me this anytime I try and get a pair of glasses fitted. It's probably normal enough to have a carriage that isn't like a spirit level.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose we're... But I think maybe we created that as we went along and we kind of ignored looking after our bodies when we're always in a rush and you know you kind of up and leave or you you don't always think about being symmetrical even when you're sitting in a chair as much as everybody tells you to sit up straight and you know kind of think about how you're sitting we don't we all kind of slouch down a little bit the same when you're sitting on the couch when you're driving in the car so all these little things add up time after time, you kind of fall into these bad habits. So I think we need to work on good habits and trying to re-correct some of the positions that we end up in that slow us down. They definitely slow us down and they take, take away power. And power is the big thing, to have power to push off, power to lift your legs up. Like we often say, if people are out there doing hill repetitions, that you don't just run up the hill, but you actually pick your feet up, and you think about picking your feet up, um, because if you don't do that, then you're just kind of digging into the ground, and it's a bit like cyclists when they're on the bike. If you have a cyclist who's got the cycling shoes that clip into the pedals, now Gerald, I know you haven't gone that <laughs> I've far, gone yet, that far yet, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> along with the lycra, you know the bike shoes. aren't.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you'll <laughs> love have a job to, to get me up, into yeah. that now. <laughs>
0: But if you ever do clip into the pedals, it's amazing you realize that it's not just about pushing the pedals down, but it's also pulling them up again. And by Mm. doing that, there's a very distinct movement in all the way up the chain from your, your foot to your ankle to your knee to your hip and your glutes where the power and the strength is. And it's the same with running. Well, You have um, to think about picking up your feet. Uh,
1: you know, I did go down the rabbit hole uh, with this over the weekend for a bunch of reasons. A, a lot like the Matt LeBlanc memes, which let's be clear, the Matt LeBlanc memes are maybe the best thing that's happened in Ireland in the last 12 months. Now, it wouldn't be hard there hasn't been a whole load of highlights for Ireland in the last 12 months, but I, I certainly... Uh, Got so much enjoyment out out of these memes, I was I was amazed. But equally, I I disappeared down this rabbit hole on the hips, Sonia, because like you say, it's not that talked about. There isn't that much out there on it, but then when I like well, one of the things Trev gave me, uh, train with Trevor, Sonia's uh, strength and conditioning man, has been on the show talked about doing these clamshell movements, which uh, let's start there with this. This movement is basically lying on your side on the ground with your knees kind of at a 45 degree angle, resting on stacked on top of each other with your hips nicely stacked and you're kind of opening them up and closing them in a, you know, in a clamshell type motion. And, you know, the first time you lie down to do this, you're going, what the? How has this got anything to do with running? And then suddenly you stand up afterwards after actually finding 20 of them tricky enough because you just never done it before. You stand up. And like you say, there is a certain sensation of power that there is like actually that you can feel your leg being powered by these muscles that had never been focused upon. First of all, do you know the exercise that I'm talking about? And uh, am I talking complete shaffoed here or does this all make sense?
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. I know the clamshells. Do you do them with the TheraBand or are you doing them just I'm not there yet. straight?
1: I'm not there yet, but I will. Okay. I will. <laughs> I
0: will. Wait, till do, wait till you do them. You'll really be feeling it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a real burn to them though, isn't there?
0: You know when you feel you do these kind of exercises like the clamshells are one. And I'm trying to think which other ones there. I suppose the, the squats would essentially be another one where you actually focus on, you're not just moving up and down, but... Whenever you lift yourself up, you actually you're zoning in on thinking about your glutes and contracting them to power the movement up and the same with the clamshells. So then afterwards, when you're like doing your normal stuff and you're walking around the kitchen and you can feel you can feel these muscles like contracting every now and then and you feel like they're muscles that you don't use very much except because you just sit in your ass all day
1: long. A lot. I do a (laughs) lot of that. that, Yeah, 100 (laughs) percent. Would would that would that Where's sitting around those on you be contributing to the weakness? Like, I know it sounds like a s- stupid question, but I, I feel like I'm not alone in this. Especially as, and I want to flag this up, shout out to uh, my hot yoga studio, which I, I have been in touch to say that they're they're back open again. Which you know is a scary thought in, in these days that that's where we've gotten to with reopening. But the you know this kind of uh, movement and th- these kind of movements that I find myself weak at, any time I was in a yoga class, the women were brilliant at them, but the lads were shocking. L- l- are lads prone to weak hips? Is, th- is that possible?
0: Well, there's definitely a distinction. There's a difference with men and women. I know there's a few exercises that men, like see women will say, men find it more difficult to do. <laughs> Things like there's one there where you, you bend up, you put a chair against the wall
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you put your head against the wall and you pick up the chair. And I think that's one of the ones where men just can't do it. Hold on. For whatever reason.
1: <laughs> Hold on, phone. <fella.
0: laughs> <laughs> you want to go to
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I feel like I need to act this out while we do it. You put a chair against the wall and you put your head against the wall and then you lift up the chair. Are, are, you, are you backing you the onto the wall? the wall? What? no, 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 no. So am I at a 90 degree angle to the wall?
0: You're at a 90 degree angle and uh, you have to
1: pick up the chair. And what's this what's this for? Like, how does this oh, I don't know it's, I think this is just like a trick. <laughs> <laughs> this is not anything It's nothing to do with running. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is just one of those things that Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you it's say, a like a thing you do in a pub. You, like, yeah.
0: Like can you can you touch your nose with your tongue kind of thing, you know? <laughs> Can you pick
2: up a
1: chair? Here was me thinking that everything Sonia refers to is running related. No, this is just a party trick that men can't do. I get you that there is differentiation between some things. So there's actual activities that women are better at just because of their physical capabilities or their makeup. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yes, I think because of the balance and the shape and. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a list of these, but maybe we'll have to do this for next week. we we'll yeah, find
1: yeah. out. People, <laughs> that's me, what women. the lifeline is there for, is to figure out what party what you tricks you girl? can do that your partner can't. But but, like, honestly, my hips are so bad. I can't be the only person who's listening to this right now who's like, I, I've always known, Sonia, right? Like, I've known that my hips are bad. Like, so through the years of playing basketball, uh, and sliding back and forth. You know, there's a lot of this kind of, you know, the, the kind of wide legged, low kind of half squat sliding in basketball. And I think I probably did some damage doing that somewhere along the way to the point where, you know, I had different periods of time where a time off from it because of it. Now, the weakness in there is just something that is just part of my life. It was. I also feel that sometimes I'm explaining things to you like a normal human has injuries that they just accept that's me. I'm a guy with a weak hip. And you've such a kind of fixed mindset as to. Well, well, those exercises aren't for me. So I would have found myself in yoga classes going, aha, we've reached the point of the class where I go into child's pose. Everybody else continues with the class doing their hip exercises. And I go, well, I, I'm not taking honors mats for the Leaving Cert, so I'm not going to do those. But really, over the weekend, I, I kind of came to realise, no, no, no. Like you said, you can't quit on these things. You can't just go, oh, well, now I'm old. I I can I can still improve these. Is there am I talking nonsense to myself or is it possible no matter what your age to pick up on something like a hip and go, I'm going to fix or improve this to a point where my running gets better.
0: You have to just take it slowly. And so you don't just quit and go into the child's pose. And I know I've been in that position myself, not just the child's <laughs> pose, but the point where yeah. the exercises get too hard. And I'm like, I've got to stop here now. Yeah. But I think you have to find a way of kind of gradually learning how to be able to do these exercises. And you just push yourself a little bit more every week or every time that you do the exercises and Mm. you actually get better. It's like anything, You, you do get better. Like I saw a physio yesterday before we left, we were in Portland for the weekend and I said, the physio he was treating the athletes between their gym sessions i said can you just mobilize my foot here for a second and so I, in my head i'm just visualizing him just pulling my foot apart and because i've had this done before mm. and it just releases attention in there and then i feel a bit more free and every now and then i need somebody to do it for me alongside all these other exercises i've been doing his name is gav and he he starts to You know, he's fiddling around with my foot and then he's starting to get me to do all these different type of exercises. And he's saying, oh, but your ankle, it's coming from way up your shin at the attachment to your knee. No way. Like, I've never really thought about that. (laughs) And so all of a sudden, so then he's given me four exercises to do. And I am going to know if you don't do these exercises (laughs) (laughs) because it's so like small and specific that you know, in a short amount of time, they're going to make a difference. So if you don't do them, then you're going to be the same in a few days time as you were today. So, yeah, that's my that's my um, task for the week is to do my four times, six times, ten seconds daily.
1: (laughs) Well, like it's really it's very similar to what I'm learning here in relation to this Shin injury, for those of you playing catch up, there's this stress reaction in my lower shin that has basically ruled me out of running for the last two months. And this podcast, uh, to its credit, has been a lifesaver. Your guidance, the members of our running club on strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishmanabroad. Those of you emailing Podcast at gmail.com, unbelievable support, but also realising that loads of people are in this position, too, that there's even a an injured runners club on Facebook that I recommend people get involved in. Just that sense that you're not on your own. And even you saying that now, Sonia, makes me go, right, so I'm not I'm not crazy. There is this old, 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 we're talking <laughs> 22 year old injury to this hip that is now playing a part in my leg behaving or attempting to endure this new activity that isn't biomechanically sound. Words, let's be honest, listeners, that I didn't know <laughs> existed eight months ago before Sonia started coaching me. But I, I'm becoming more and more clear on this, Sonia, that the biomechanics of a sound running action will prevent your injury. So the are doing the little the little dinky little exercises as you refer to them, can have immeasurable uh, strengthening uh, qualities and effects upon your technique. Now, I'm praying that that's the case because, as my physio said to me this week, in probably the most heartbreaking physio appointment of my life, I walked in there going I think i'm I think it's no pain for weeks now. He was like, jump up and down on the one leg, do these hops, do this, any pain? He goes, where do you think you are <laughs> at, at this point? And I said, that's the $64,000 question. Like, I'm waiting for you to go. You can go running. He lays me down on the table. He, he rubs one shin, not a bother. He rubs the other one. And I, I flew off the table like <laughs> someone had <laughs> electrocuted me up that leg. I mean, literally the same level of pain that I had had at the beginning. And I was like, what the hell? Like, how is that possible nearly two months later to have that level of pain? And uh, <laughs> he's like, you're, you're a while off running. And I'm sure you've been on a physio table, Sonia, where you, you don't feel like crying. <laughs> but the thought does cross your mind either to go, oh. Oh, feck off and <laughs> just gather your stuff <laughs> and leave and go, I'm going to get a second opinion. But like, I just didn't know what to say. I usually, I, I'm probably a classical Irish lad type of behaviour. I kind of go into shutdown. Then I go, right, thank you. Thank you for the the advice. <laughs> and I bottle up what I'm feeling in that moment. But I, I, I was just kind of just, just so aware that there's something else here. There isn't just this thing. And his concern all the way along has been that if I send you out now when you're saying you've no pain, it's just the same situation again. And I guess I saw light at the end of the tunnel when I went, here's the thing that's never been strengthened and that is possibly forcing me to put too much strain on this anterior tibialis tendinopathy thing that he that he's spotted here. Uh, does any of that ring a bell with you? Have you been? Does any of that sound any way familiar? And what's your take on what I've been through there?
0: Yeah, well, you see, you've been a long time without running and running is the simplest and it's the thing that's going to give you the most pleasure. Like all these like, gym exercises and stuff, they're kind of taking you there and you're hoping eventually, you know, you're going to be able to lace up the shoes and run out the door. Mm. So when you break things down and I mean, I'm always a believer and I've said this to you of having a deadline or a date in the calendar and you've kind of questioned me on this like but how can you have this mm. arbitrary date that you're going to start running mm. but sometimes you need that so you've obviously gone to the physio and in your head you're thinking okay yeah, i'm going to be running soon and you're very positive and you feel good and then they shut you down and you kind of think no that's not what i was looking for today <laughs> <laughs> i wanted more likes you know i saw a glimmer of hope and now you've just turned the lights off
1: again. A hundred percent.
0: You know, then you're kind of at, you're kind of at lost at that point. You're thinking, you know, I was hoping for the hope. Mm. And I think you have to always feel like you're doing more or a bit more positive and you're making progress. And, and you are making progress. So that's why I think, is very important. You get to a point where walking becomes important. And then, you know, it's like any time in life, you know, when you're stopped in your tracks. Like I know when after Kira and Sophie were born, and the first thing I want to do is go out and go for a walk. And I'm walking in the bushy park in Teddington with Kira in 1999, and it starts to rain. So then I start running with the pram, you know, and this is kind of my first few steps of running mm. and I actually feel okay. So then I start doing walking and jogging. So I think sometimes you can have all the information and sometimes you can have too much information mm. and you can be waiting and waiting and waiting, but sometimes you just have to test yourself. And like I said to Sophie over the weekend, cause she's had time off as well. And I said, when you do eventually start back running, You're not going to go out there and run for 15 minutes, but you're going to run for maybe 15 minutes of one minute running, one minute walking, because you can't do yourself any harm running for one minute
1: Hmm. and
0: then you get to walk again and then you run again and you walk again. And you have to do it at least three times to work out, Okay, am I feeling any pain here or not? And you're so tuned in to feeling pain that, you know, you're going to feel every stone or twig that you land on and think it's hurting you that it takes a bit of time to get that out of your head because running, it's a very physical activity that, of course, you're going to feel aches and pains as you go. And if you haven't been running for a long time, you're going to be really sore the next day if you go out and run 5K. Mm. So you have to be very careful. But you do have to make these little baby steps to add up to being able to eventually getting back out there and, you know, running 5K. I mean, that's the, the least that we can hope for you know, as a starting point once you've got over the walking and jogging section.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I really appreciate that. And I know that there'll be others listening who hear it, too. And I guess that there is it's like falling off your bike as a kid or, or like, obviously, my parents were involved in horse racing. And I remember them saying, you're not a jockey until you fall off three times. And I was like, I never understood that logic, but I, I get it now fully and that it is about getting back on the horse and the psychological part to this. We've had a few amazing emails on this very subject. I'm going to pull up one here now.
2: Letters, we get letters, we get back. back.
1: The first one comes from Icuco Wright in Dingle and uh, he says that he has been struggling with his knee. He says, Hi Jonathan, Sonia, how are you? Hope the recovery is going well. I went to see my physio after my MRI scan and she uh, did a detailed assessment and gave me three rehabilitation exercises to do with my knee. I, I now have a planned road to get back to running. It may take another few months but I am hopeful, and the physio said, "It it will will get better." My local gym will be opening soon. Shout out to everybody involved in a local gym, and I'm gonna get back to my personal trainer sessions to build the weakness in my leg, to build that. He says, "Okay." Basically, <laughs> Kuko has been in touch with me every step of this this journey, and I really feel that. His 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 road has run parallel to mine, and a lot of the questions that he poses in this email, around doing those exercises and around just getting your your head to the place of thinking that this is going to happen. Because I'll be honest with you, Sonia. Sometimes, it just creeps into you, and I think I'm probably looking at the wrong email from Akuko here. But it just creeps into you that this may not happen. What do you say when that? creeps in when uh, even the physio is going, is kind of hedging his bets and, you know, Trevor is or your personal trainer is saying, "Okay, well, we'll do these exercises. But if there's any bit of a sceptic in you at all, there's a little bit that creeps in late at night that goes, maybe it's over now. Maybe, maybe it's done and maybe you're caught in yourself. There's an old saying in show business that you're three years out of showbiz before you realise it. Is this done? And what do you say I should say to that internal critic when the little bit of me goes, you're caught in yourself?
0: Um, I think, you know, that's the I suppose that's what nobody wants to think that or to believe that. Even though the thought might cross your mind that, I don't know, will I ever run again? because I think we can all run again, no matter what. I think you just have to, like, I mean, you say, take it slowly. You're like, yeah, I've been taking it slowly,
2: Mm. (laughs)
0: taking it two months slowly. I think sometimes you do have to take a bit of a leap of faith as well. And you have to give it a go because, you know, very few injuries take more than two months to heal. So, I think the difference is that when you return to running is that you take that slowly. So now you're on a different slow path and you combine it with other activities. So the the thing that's missing from you is the aerobic training and the out there, the endurance, you mm. know, the kind of the, the stuff that gives you the
1: runner's eye, the endorphins, the,
0: um, the endorphins. That's it, the word this, that you come back in and you feel like you've kind of emptied yourself and you've mm. If if the thing that gets you ready for the day, you know, you just kind of clear your mind and your body feels clean as well because you've gone out there and you've pushed yourself. And so it's going to be a while before you actually do that running. So I think the slow steps of coming back to running to a proper run, like you're not doing a proper run until you can run for at least 30 minutes nonstop. stop then it has to be combined with other aerobic activities. And you've got your bike there now and the weather is fine. So I think you can make more use of the bike combined with running. And it actually helps you to do when you do that because you do the running movement and you feel like, okay, yeah, I can do this again now. I can do it in a very slow way, but I'm going to top it up with a cycle.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Um,
0: And it could be something like, okay, I'm going to ride my bike to a nice park over here, and then I'm going to do my little running exercises, my drills, maybe a little bit of running and walking, and then I'm going to ride my bike home. If you have a fine day, that's a great thing to do. Now, you need a good bike lock, probably, so that the bike is still there after your run. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I do have that. I definitely have that, a little combination job and a a U-lock and another thing because We've already had bikes robbed here <laughs> no, and it's got the pain of losing a bike is, is you know, it's only uh, it comes in a close second to injury, but it's it's absolutely soul destroying to come back and the thing is gone. We have a kind of a weird email here in that from Stephen Locke and it's not he, he assures me he's not doubting us. He's just curious about the uh, curcumin that you mentioned, he says, hi, and Sonia, thanks so much for the weekly podcast. Hey, Pat, love the show, all of that. Sonia mentioned in a recent podcast that curcumin was a good supplement to take for your joints. So I went and bought myself some. However, I was curious to see what research said about the benefits of this thing and couldn't really find much. I read that there is inverted commas, no scientific evidence that curcumin reduces inflammation as of 2020, I'm interested to hear where you have any sources or do you have any sources that supports the benefits of this thing? Not doubting you, just curious. Thanks from Stephen. Well, Sonia, putting it well, up to you I, it, there now. Lab coat on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll have to find the paper on that. <laughs> um, so I suppose where I got this one from was I was listening to another podcast I think it's one that probably doesn't even exist anymore, but it was people who were talking about plant-based eating and they were talking about turmeric as being one of these amazing healers. Mm. And then curcumin was a more absorbable form of turmeric to help with the inflammation. So I think there's a lot of supplements out there that, you know, it's probably up in the air if they actually help or not. And this is possibly one of them. And and, you know, before curcumin or turmeric, which, you know, turmeric is just a spice in your cupboard. And I've heard people talk about putting turmeric on everything and all of a sudden they feel great. Now, I find the turmeric a bit too strong to be putting on everything. I, I really don't. It's OK in a curry. But uh, beyond that, it's hard work. Um, I don't like it in smoothies and things like that, but supposedly people do it and and it helps with the inflammation. But before all that, there was um, this glucosamine. Everybody was taking glucosamine. And I took it myself and I took, you know, different, like I had aloe vera with chondroitin glucosamine in it. And I believed that that was helping me. And then all of a sudden that kind of went out of fashion and it was proof or evidence about this. So, with these type of things, I think we all go through phases of, I'm going to give this a go. And maybe they're all, what?
1: Placebos. They they make you
0: think that you're
1: placebo. (laughs) To a degree. Yeah. I
0: mean, there might be something in them.
1: Yeah, I feel like 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 if you Google any of them, you'll find someone saying, this is bullshit. This this, this is just nothing. And then you'll have at least a dozen pages saying this is the wonder cure for everything that ails you. Uh, And I think, you know, it's nearly all or nothing, isn't it? That you either buy in and go, right, I'm going to go to Holland and Barrett and take what's the latest thing. Or you just go, you kind of shrug your shoulders and go, I'll try and have a balanced diet. We, We have, of course, got supplement episodes that you can go back and listen to. They're all there in the archive. I do urge you uh, to come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman to enjoy the full archive of episodes with myself and Sonia. And of course, all of our Sunday special interviews. Enda McNulty was my guest on Sunday talking about surviving and thriving through adversity as we come out of lockdown. And no doubt you're feeling a little bit of anxiety as to where to next. Enda came on a year ago nearly to the weekend and laid out a blueprint for how to live well in lockdown. It certainly changed my perspective on things and probably the reason why I got through it or part of the reason. Did you ever have a performance coach yourself, Sonny? Did you ever have anybody sit you down and do an Enda McNulty type thing with you?
0: I have on and off, but not regularly. And they're actually really good. I, I, I know in um, what year did I speak to somebody? I can't remember what year it was, but I definitely spoke to someone. I was a lady in London I went in to see and it was at the time when life coaches were becoming a bit more popular mm-hmm. or talked about. And um, yeah, I, I, I often find it useful to talk to these people, but I don't like to depend on them and I like to write notes down and you kind of keep a track of the tools that they give you to use when you need to. and. I think one of the things that I, I suppose, learned most from talking to different life coaches or performance coaches is the ability to write things down and then to kind of compartmentalize things so that you can focus on what you're trying to do and not be distracted while you're doing it. And, you know, you can put aside things that might stop you or distract you while you're trying to focus on one thing. And so I became quite good at blocking things out when I had to focus on a hard training session or a race that that was the most important thing at the time and nothing else mattered. And I don't know if that's because of the way my mind works that I'm able to do that, or if it's something that I trained myself to be able to do. But throughout my career, I was definitely often able to do that. And even now, I suppose if I could have loads of stuff on the table like I do scattered everywhere, That I really need to tidy this up, but I also need to go for a run or I need to go outside, so I can just up and leave it and close the door. And okay, I'll sort that out later.
1: Oh yeah, no, I I hear you. The the just that sense of a uh, long finger for so many things is probably the the biggest. Uh, impediment to progress for me, that I just tend to have that stack of stuff that uh, that gets put to one side. And definitely, if you go and listen to Enda's chats that we've had down through the years, just that, uh, as you say, writing it down, just actually getting it on paper is as powerful as anything that y- you'll come across, actually getting a black notebook even to just go, right, well, this this section is about this, and this section is about this, because uh, there's too much happening. There's just too much happening at the moment for us to be able to think about it and just know of it in the black space that is is your mind. I want to give a couple of quick shout outs, Sonia, to our Strava members, because we have, of course, another event fast approaching. Uh, it is the Photo Island Cheetah run. It's our uh, next event for the Irishman Running Abroad Running Group it takes place on the week of the 7th of June to the 13th of June. Sonia, do you want to take it from here and explain to people again what this event is and why they should take part?
0: Yes, yeah, so this is a five kilometre that's normally run around the grounds of Fota Island and including the Fota uh, Wildlife Park and um, they you know, have had not very many visitors the past year or so, but I have had some friends send me photos and they're in photo exploring at the moment. Uh, So that's great to see that the gates are opened and people are being welcomed back in again. But I think they have lost a lot of funds over the past year. So along with supporting Jigsaw for our next event, um, we'll also think about the Photo Wildlife Park and um, by signing up to the Cheetah Run, then you will be supporting this this great event, and I'm slightly worried myself because um, where I'm going to have to do it is most likely going to be at 2,000 metres altitude. Oh lord! Which isn't, which is <laughs> grand for running around and keeping fit. You know, I'm feeling great when you go down to sea level, but to try and run a hard effort is not easy. So I I think I might be heading down the rail trail. And when I say heading down, I mean literally <laughs> running downhill the downhill gradients for 5k.
1: Well, be careful. <laughs> that might, that might uh, be the only thing
0: that will, that will save me.
1: Yeah, well, be, be careful if you are going out running. And I know the weather is improved an awful lot. My, my advice this week would be to uh, make sure to hydrate before and afterwards, well before. And afterwards, the the heat here at the moment, Sonia, it's amazing. The turnaround that's taking place here in the UK. It's like 26 degrees as I look out the window here. But you don't want my tips of the week, do you? There's only one woman's tip of the week that you really want. Tip of the week, 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 tip of the week. It's Sonia's tip of the week. Have you thought about a tip of the week this this week? Um, I always well, put you not, on the spot with if, these.
0: I know I'm not sure if it's a tip of the week, but it's something that you might want to check out and investigate. And this is just something that I've discovered recently. And, you know, it's, we've often talked about how there's so much knowledge out there and like, you know, I'm always learning. So I think you always have to be open to learning new things. So whenever I'm in the gym and watching the athletes doing their exercises, I, I love to ask questions like why do you do that? And one thing that I've discovered recently is these things called sliders. Have you ever come across sliders?
1: Yeah, I think you he's got a mention there. The little little pads with the carpet on them and for a shiny floor and a carpet.
0: Yeah, that's them. Have we mentioned these before? Yeah, I
1: think we but we we I think we mentioned them kind of jokingly the other the other week. But I, I I've right. never really understood <laughs> what they're for like they you know, they're, they're wax on, wax off kind of Karate Kid yokes that you stick under your feet for doing mountain climbers. Is that it?
0: Mount, that's exactly it, yeah. So these were new to me yeah, um, just recently, the past few weeks. And so I gradually kind of like edged my way in and say, oh, maybe I'll give that a go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then I tried them and I think, oh, wow, that's pretty good. So the sliders, so for the mountain climbers, it allows you to do more and faster and The reason that I brought these in for the tip of the week is because I asked the question last week. Well, why do you do the reverse lunges with the sliders? Because I was doing some reverse lunges and then I noticed a couple of the girls were doing the reverse lunges with the sliders. So I asked David, the strength coach, I said, why would you do that? And he goes, well, it's just a more fluid movement of bringing the leg back and forth like you want to do when you're running and you always want to have that kind of quicker movement to practice quicker movement when you're actually running. So I gave it a go anyway and then I was very fearful that I was going to be really sore the next day (laughs) and I could feel it while I was walking around all afterwards after doing my four sets of 10 reverse lunges on the sliders as prescribed from the, um, the coaches on runninghome.ie, um, I was following along their program and then adapting it with the sliders. And um, I had no ale effects anyway, so hopefully it's helping me and I'm going to be able to move my hips a bit more fluidly and um, my glutes and all that area um, just by practicing, moving
1: faster while also building strength in the area. So this is actually a tip of the week uh, purchase, there's, I am um, pulled them up on uh, Amazon, there's any number of them. You have to be careful what you're looking for. <laughs> That's for sure. There's, yes. There's a well, few, uh, a few thought... yolks for sticking under the leg of a chair. <laughs> That's not what you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> people are, exercise no. gliding discs is another name for them. Uh, but you stick in a few combinations there and, and you'll see that they, they usually come in a six pack. Because I guess it's not worth their while just making two of them.
0: Yeah. And also I've been I actually haven't dived in and bought them yet. There's a few I can use in the gym, but I've been looking for my own set. And then I saw a pair yesterday in the gym in Portland and they have little so they've got the shiny bit underneath and then on the bit on top. They actually had little grooves and grips and I thought, oh, those look a bit better because my feet are always slipping off.
1: Yeah, me too. Particularly
0: my left left foot slips off. And it's amazing. You can very quickly see which of your sides is weaker than the other. So my left side is always the weakest. And, you know, this is probably one of these things that you have it in your head that it's always the weakest. So you allow it to be. But these ones, you can kind of groove your foot in a little bit so you get a little bit of a grip and you're less likely to just slide off the glider and be able to pull it in a bit more. And the other thing they're really good for is your hamstring, building up the hamstring muscles just by sliding it out and then you just walk it back in um, when you're doing the single leg bridges. Right, well,
1: i have uh, probably- put a link in to the to the group on Strava, if for people with a couple of options on these, because it you know, as in terms of building that hip strength, uh, the two things that I can see you definitely need if you want to get involved in this are those thoroughbands that you mentioned last week, and by the sounds of things, these things. But it but these are big dynamic exercises, so if you're like me and you're a little bit cagey with the old knee, I'm a I'm like an elderly gentleman, when it comes to my knee, uh, my hip, sorry, uh, it just uh, take it very handy would be my advice if you are someone who's a little bit tentative of their knee, don't go or their hip, don't go mad. <laughs> I mean, as you said, Sonia, tiny incremental improvement, uh, you'll be amazed over time. That uh, even in the last two weeks, I've just been amazed at the sensation of strength that I've never had in that hip. And I'm excited to see what it will do for me in the future. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Utah, Portland and your time over there. In terms of the training that you're witnessing and you're helping out with, is there any athlete over there or anything you've witnessed in the last while that you've been blown away by?
0: Well, we were actually at some races this weekend in Portland, and in, um, it was at a high school. All these races over here, at these kind of small locations, and it was a beautiful location. Actually, it wasn't a high school this time, it was a college, so not a university, but a college. Hmm. And um, so I'm, we were try- I was trying to determine what's the difference between a college and a university, and we didn't get a conclusive answer, but um, this college was called uh, Lewis and Clark, and it was, it's famous apparently because Monica Lewinsky went to college there.
1: <laughs> right. If anyone, uh, Lewis and her. Clark have their own university. Wow. It, it, so is, this is outside Portland, is it?
0: It was um, in South Portland, yeah, and it's a beautiful track and it's kind of sunk down into the ground and then surrounded by trees and it's known as the electric forest so a number of our athletes came to run there this weekend and um, you know it's always interesting when you've been training really hard and you've had a couple of races but nothing spectacular and then it all comes together so we had um, Suguru Osaka who's a Japanese marathon runner and he's been training down in Flagstaff Arizona which is at altitude as well and quite a bit warmer than um, Park City, Utah. And he turned up for 10,000 metres, which he won handily enough. Like, he just looked absolutely fantastic running around. And then 10 minutes, within 10 minutes of winning the 10,000 metres in just under 28 minutes, he came back. And because he's a marathon runner, <laughs> had to get in a few extra miles and ran the B 10,000 metres. What? Changed the Changed from his spikes, which he used in the his primary race for the night, and changed from his spikes into his um, racing flats um, next percent, some of those bouncy running shoes, and went out and ran another ten thousand meters in twenty nine minutes Jeez. so what he was doing was close to you know sixty minutes for a half marathon um, in a in a bit of a, a race combined with a workout, which was really impressive. That was on Friday night.
1: Unbelievable. And I think
0: he kind of set the momentum going for for the rest of the team to get out there and perform the next day. And we had um, Donovan Brazier, who's an 800-meter runner. He's a world champion from 2019. And this was his first race of the season. So we were all waiting, you know, what was Donovan going to do because he kind of put off running a few races recently. And he went out and won. It was um, he looked very smooth, but then he had to fight for the win in the end. But, you know, it was a a win is always a positive. You know, it gives you a lot of um, confidence and it kind of reminds you that the training you're doing is, you know, great. And that was followed up closely. You'll have to check this guy out, Jarlett. You'll love him. Craig Engels. I don't know if you've ever come across Craig. So Craig He's had a couple of races, but he wasn't, you know, getting the results that we were hoping for. And it's always tricky early season because you're training hard and then you're doing a race to check your form. And Craig came through for the win in 3.33 over 1,500 metres, a personal best. So, you know, there was great performances all around. And Donovan and Craig have been training down in Portland And then, you know, so they're getting ready for the U.S. Olympic trials. So this is very positive feedback for them, with just two weeks to go before the trials start.
1: Craig, it does look like my kind of character. I pulled him up here and <laughs> uh, he is uh, he's certainly a personality. His haircut it can only be described as a mullet. <laughs> and, uh, it's business up front, party in the back. And he has a full on Boogie Nights uh, moustache as well. He's my new favourite athlete, right? <laughs> Tell him that for yeah, me. Yeah, get on with us. Uh, yeah. And how would our listeners keep up with what's going on there? Like, what's the best way to, what's the best site to kind of keep an eye I'm on? Oregon Live is where I'm looking at some results here.
0: Right. Well, um, the, the track meet on the weekend was the Portland track classic. And so that was where you you should be able to find some videos of the race in there, I think. But there's so many races on hmm. across the US. It's It's really difficult to keep in touch and to keep on top of all this but I think it will all culminate with the Olympic trials in two weeks time they'll all be zeroed in on that and then it'll be preparation for the Olympics but before we divulge off of that I have to mention of course Jessica Hull from Australia who she was the Park City representative (laughs) at the track meet um, the Portland track classic running 5,000 meters because I've been in charge of looking after her up here a lot of the time So, you know, you feel a little bit of pressure, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. the
0: athlete, you've been closest, one of the athletes I've been closest to up here is going out to run a 5,000 meters and she's already selected for the Australian team for 5,000 and 1,500, but you can most likely only do one at the Olympics. So she's yet to decide that. And she went out and ran a very exciting and competitive 5,000 meter race and, and also won. So brilliant. That was definitely something, you know, I kind of you feel like, okay, we we've been doing we've been working well and now we've got a result and it just gives you the positive feedback that you need to progress on to the next level of training and, and that's why, you know, athletes run races, you know, throughout the season is to check their form, where they're at, see how they feel and, you know, you know, what what can we work on now to, to get to the next level and to be prepared like for Jess's race, there was three girls ran under 15 minutes, 14.57. So it was a close race. But, Mm. you know, the the level that she'll be competing at, at the Olympics will be, you know, 20 to 30 seconds faster than that. So, you know, she knows she can compete and race now, but now we need to make sure that she's also able to go with whatever pace is set.
1: Well, Jessica is on uh, Twitter, Jessica Hull 143 to keep up with her and her training. And uh, it, it is a, it is getting exciting. And I can see what you mean about it. Like with that kind of a long term goal, these wins must just for you and for her just be so important. Like if something had gone wrong at that meet, it it can really upset things. You're in a whole different mindset coming into this week. But instead, there must be a real spring in all of your steps.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, as the races were going on and you see each of your teammates performing well, you kind of want to live up to that level as well. And, um, you know, so we we did good to win four races and, um, yeah, can go forward happily, you know. Um, But, you know, you can't be content either and you can't kind of think, oh, yeah, I'm fine now. You have to keep working and moving forward, improving. Uh,
1: Sonia, it's always so much fun to talk to you. Uh, congratulations on the uh, Late Late Show interview, which was brilliant and a real insight into the uh, Olympics the, in Sydney that time. We had a couple of messages that we haven't got time for on the live line from people going, you deserved a medal. A gold medal for being a year out from childbirth. That like it just is it that kind of I think that interview really brought home to people exactly what was happening personally for you and how not every runner in that race was dealing with that as well. A lot of messages from people going, how the hell did you do that? that close to giving birth. Tell me this. We don't have time to know exactly how the hell you did it. But was part of the motivation at that Olympics showing people that it could be done?
0: Not really, no, no, I don't think so. Um, I think the motivation for me was to just return to, you know, competing at such a high level. And then once I got there, then it was kind of all about, well, what can I do with this now? Because Mm. the thing I mean, it all started with those walking and jogging efforts in Bushy Park, you know, a week after Kira was born in July 99. And every week was, you know, one step higher. And just because you improve so much every week, the motivation was there. What can I do next week? You know, and so it was all very positive. And I did get an injury in the middle of it all as well, because, of course, the motivation was so high that I kept you know, pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to be better and better. And then eventually I probably pushed a little bit too hard. So Mm -hmm. I had to take a few steps back and, you know, just like we've been talking about recently and today even, um, strengthening areas that, you know, got weak and I didn't take care of enough. So, you know, it happens at all levels that you can, you know, the running is the, that's the thing that I suppose it's the most, um, the The thing that you can see and do mm. the easiest and it's, it gives you the greatest reward but there's a lot of work behind the scenes that you have to do so that you can continue to do that without getting injured and that was a big thing for me I think that I notice now with the athletes that we're working with here is that they're always on top of any like potential injuries so there's a lot of prehabilitation whether it's with physio work or work in the gym that allows the body to stay strong and not break down. And I often went into cycles of training hard, racing, and then the body would break down and then you'd have to build it back up again. And I think that's the greatest thing that I've seen recently is that athletes are a lot more aware of their body and keeping it strong and avoiding that injury breakdown, which always breaks the Cycle and the momentum of, you know, getting better and faster and stronger, and so you, you're always taking steps forward and never steps
1: backward, and then eventually have a rest at the end of the season. You tell me this final question: Is there much crack among the group? Like, I get that now it's squeaky bum time, and there's you know, there's the you can see the the Olympic rings on the horizon, but like. Is there much laughing like do, is there is there room for crack or is it all business?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of fun. Like it's kind of I can't even think of any real examples. But, yeah, know, I mean, you have to, I, I definitely wouldn't survive if I didn't have fun and enjoy it. Mm. And we do have a lot of good laughs. You know, you do because athletes do and they all need to relax and you need to kind of you can't always be tense and focused and serious. And, you know, that's the good thing about having a group of athletes that kind of all get along. Like you have to get along and you have to have a sense of humor and you have to be able to make fun of each other. You know, I got in trouble last week because I didn't realize that. I got a message from um, Donovan Brazier. You know, he's (laughs) one of the more, I suppose, well-followed athletes on the team. And he let me know, and he wasn't very happy about it, that I wasn't following him on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, uh, a cardinal sin. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I didn't know. And I was trying to explain that, you know. I was discreetly following people, you know, as time went on. And because he didn't post loads up there, he wasn't bobbing <laughs> up in my feed. So I didn't know. <laughs> so now I'm make, I've am i got to make up now. It's like I'm constant. I have to like everything he posts now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Trying to make Follow up ground. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes,
0: but I've got everybody covered now. So I'm... <laughs> Well, uh, in
1: trouble with our our next uh, our next chat, we're gonna. There's some changes coming for Irishmen abroad that I want people to know about. We'll probably be talking about. Uh, what's coming and some really exciting new series that are on the horizon uh, for patrons to enjoy. As I said, if you're not a patron already, now would be a pretty good time to get in over there before the changes take place. And then you're you're already on board. Patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. Our chosen charity partner, as always, is Jigsaw.ie. Brian Connolly's on production. John Marr does the extra research. Tina and Mikey make it all possible. And Sonia, thank you so much uh, for everything this week. And we will talk to you next Tuesday.
0: Yeah, great to chat. And I'm I'm actually about to head out on my bike now and track down a few of these girls on their long run and bring a few drinks for them because the temperature is heating up here. It's actually getting really warm, even up the mountain.
1: Yeah, stay um, hydrated, everybody. Yeah. Really, really important. Get your get your drinks in. I, I really feel like it's around the corner for me, Sonia. I really do feel like you said. I need to give it a little bit of a test my thoughts are with you if you're injured as well make sure to join us in the club strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash irishman running abroad and we will talk to you all next week they tell me i'm
2: too young to understand they say i'm caught up in a dream well life will pass me by if i don't open up my eyes So well, that's fine by me so wake me up It's all over